and welcome back to episode two of Locker Soccer, the MLS podcast. We are here with again with our guest Robert from Rambling Runoff, an LA Galaxy fan. And well, first we'll just start off with how did you enjoy the last you know a couple weeks of soccer? Well, the past couple of weeks have been really interesting because it's just been a sprawling of MLS, Champions League, CONCACAF. Now we got some U.S. Men's National Team news coming around. But uh, you said some LA Galaxy, MLS. Um, I guess we'll jump into that. Uh, the LA Galaxy went out to Sporting Kansas City where I don't think they've won since maybe 2018, maybe 2019. I think when Slaton was there. So it was... Uh, I mean, the game ended nil-nil. It was a sluggish game, in my opinion. Uh, the Galaxy probably had maybe... I mean, I know me and you were talking before the podcast. They had, you say you saw the highlights. Uh, I would say the Galaxy had maybe two, maybe three shots on goal the whole game. Like, legitimate shots. But um, props to go go out to uh, the Galaxy's Jonathan Bond, their goalkeeper, who had 11 uh, shots saved on the night, uh, blocking uh, 11 of the 21, 25 shots that were taken by SKC. Uh, SKC team that was uh, lacking in attack. Uh, I know they're missing two guys. I know they're missing um, Johnny Russell, who's like known as the Galaxy Killer. He was even on the bench. So interesting, uh, interesting game from the Galaxy. But um, Alex, what did you think about these past couple of games um, in the MLS? How for the Galaxy, like you said, they didn't look like from the highlights, they didn't have that many shots on goal. And it seemed like Sporting had a fair few. And also the Galaxy almost turned it over. Um, or did turn it over a couple times. That almost Lots of turnovers. Yeah, almost led to some goal opportunities. But they did end up getting the the clean sheet there. Um, you know, they they got two points on the table now. So, or only one, one point. point, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, a little bit of a rough start, but I think I think they can get it. They can get it going. Now we're gonna have to see how uh, how they do against Vancouver at their first now official home game this weekend on Saturday. I think it's the last game of the day for the full slate of soccer on Saturday. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the team does this weekend. All right. For some other news. We'll do special jumping to the Premier League where we had Liverpool uh, a couple weeks ago, seven, and Manchester United nil. Um, it's Manchester United's worst loss ever, and then their worst loss since like 1936 or 1931. Uh, Cody Gakpo had two goals, Darwin Nunes had two goals, Mohamed Salah had two goals, and Romano Firmino. Had the last goal in the 80th minute, making it 7-0. to nil. Did you watch any of these highlights? And or what would your reaction be if LA Galaxy ever lost 7-0? Uh, I was able to watch some of the highlights, but of course I couldn't keep watching because once it was 5-0, it was just like, okay, this game's over. Um, I did hear there was a watch party somehow in, in Los Angeles that Manchester United was hosting, and uh, they had a big turnout is what I saw on the internet. But then after about four or five nil at halftime, well, not even halftime, what was one nil at halftime, uh, I did hear and see that a lot of people started leaving. Uh, it was also raining over there. It was outdoor event. And people started leaving, which if I were there, I would have left too because, yeah, it was a, not a good showing for the Manchester United team. I believe it was, the yeah, like I said, the worst loss for the team, uh, the worst loss for the head coach. I think the worst loss he had before that was when they lost 4-0. But um, I think... 
yeah, it was not the best showing for this Man U team who you would have thought were just killing everybody after they got rid of Ronaldo. And everyone thought, oh, well, without Ronaldo, what are you going to do? Well, there's only one way to go when you're at the bottom, and it's to go up, in which uh, they kind of took a nosedive nose in that game. But uh, what did you think about that game? Yeah, I stopped watching it after it was three to nil. Um, Darwin Nunez had a pretty good performance because he's been off and on for them. And then uh, I also like Cody Gakbo's two two goals in there. But um, it was a really good performance by Liverpool, who then proceeded to drop to Bournemouth, losing one nil. But um, you know, a surprising result for them because that was shaping up to be a pretty good Man U Liverpool game, and then it was just a blowout. Oh uh, no! Yeah, it was a uh, kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Moving on to some Concacaf Champions League games, we'll take a look at some of the MLS teams competing in there. We'll have to start off with the big one which is Violet AC beating Austin FC 3-2 on aggregate. Violet AC would win the first game 3-0. Yesterday, Austin won 2-0. But like I said, Violet AC would win on aggregate 3-2. What were your thoughts on Austin FC um, being upset in the first round? I mean, if you want to call it an upset, but uh, if you're Alexi Lawless, who was calling that first game, it was dog water. It was a poor showing from this Austin team who had, I would say, a, a good a good outing their first couple games in the MLS when they came up as a team. And now, you know, they're apparent, their first appearance ever in CONCACAF Champions League, and they lay a fat egg in two games, two games. And the first one, you can't be giving up an own goal. You, you, you guys are playing, I, I mean, I'm trying to explain this in the best form of it as I can, coming from someone that's seen, you know, high quality soccer, high quality football, you know, across the pond, you can't be losing the teams that are playing like at a high school track and field, like, like in the backyard, like, come on guys. And then to come home, you got a full crowd of people coming to see you guys play. And I watched part of that game and they were going balls to the walls on these guys. And did you know this, what is it called? Violetta. They only had three subs on their bench due to visa and transportation issues. And they still couldn't hack it. They were able to get those two goals in the second half, but they could never get the third. Um, I will point like to point out that that opposing team, the Violet team, were flopping everywhere. You could have blown a kiss to them, and they would have fell, like as if they got punched by five people in the face. But, um, yeah, it's not a good look, not just for the MLS, but for Austin, who they, I'm pretty sure their lowest-paid player gets paid more than Violetta's highest paid player, which is just mind boggling to me. Just I don't know. It it doesn't it does it's not a good look. It's not a good fit for me. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I know the first game they put out a pretty weak lineup. I don't know if that was the manager being overconfident. Um that, you know, just like over evaluating his guys like from what he saw in practice and stuff, or they just didn't really care about the competition. But obviously, you know, they lost 3-0 the first game. Then they came out with a stronger side yesterday um, and did win 2-0, but then lost 3-2 on aggregates. And I think there were a lot of chances to get the third goal to tie it, but um, the Violetta AC obviously did just enough. And I heard their goalie had a lot of great saves in that to keep – you know, the third goal out, so. 
Oh, no, yeah. I mean, he, they were playing. I wouldn't say they were playing for their lives, but I would say they got really, really lucky. Uh, they didn't even have a backup goalie. I know he was in pain. Um, there was a controversial possible penalty call at the end that was not called a penalty in which Chelsea Zardes got taken out. It wasn't a hard push, but in regards to the laws of the game, it should have been called on the field. I uh, went to VAR for like what felt like an eternity. I'm like, oh, man, he's not going to call this. And, yep, certainly right. He didn't call it a, a penalty. And, yeah, Austin went down 3-2 to two on aggregate, unfortunately. So now uh, this Violeta AC team is either going to play Taro FC or Leon, Club Leon from Liga Amekis in the next round. But uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, whoever they play are not going to take them lightly. All right, moving to Philly Union, who were tied um, nil-nil for the first game, which wasn't a great showing. But then they were able to win the second leg, four to nil. So they will be moving on in the CONCACAF. The Vancouver Whitecaps are playing right now. Um, it's nil-nil, but they're up. They won the first game five-nil. So they are very likely going to move on uh, based on aggregate. And then we have an interesting game later tonight. Orlando City SC versus Tigres. I believe you do follow Tigres to some degree. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Which is well, tied tied on aggregate going in. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I follow Tigres a lot, but I, I did kind of follow them to it an extent when they were coming up, when they first won CONCACAF Champions League a couple years ago, when they finally got to win uh, Liga Amerikis. Um I know they got uh, Pierre Gignac. They got Diego Linus, who's pretty good. Um, we're going to have to see how this Tigres team comes out uh, against Orlando, who at home playing now, like to love to play Orlando ball. And they ha- I would say they had their way in Tigres' home stadium, in which Orlando kind of did what they usually do, um, play for the tie, hold on for dear life, and make sure the other team does not score a goal because then they're going to be playing balls to the walls and hoping they don't score either. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a good game. Uh, I hope Orlando does win. I guess you could call me an MLS homer. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking for a good game. All right. And then lastly, LAFC play later tonight at 1030. They won the first game 3-0. to So it looks like, barring a... Um, Basically, you know, upset, you know, miracle-ish uh, finish. They should be moving on in that one. Moving on to our last bit of news. There have been more rumors of Lionel Messi maybe going to the MLS that were circulating about, you know, a week ago. They have kind of died down. What do you think about him maybe going to Miami or LAFC? You know, those rumors you know, that we heard over the winter, you know, kind of coming up again. Oh, well, I haven't heard about no LAFC rumor, but I know the Inter Miami rumor is uh, well well alive. Um, Yeah, I, I would say the opposite. I think I've been seeing that uh, the rumors are coming back on just due to the fact that, well, for one, spoilers, well, not really spoilers, Uh, PSG just got bounced from the Champions League tournament. So it's going to be, well, is Messi going to stay in... Uh, the French league, or he's gonna move on, because I think what's also gonna uh, attribute to his decision to stay in PSG or go somewhere else is uh what's gonna happen to Neymar. Uh, Neymar got ruled out for not just Champions League but the whole season now, so it's gonna be interesting on what happens. Uh, 
I know on my podcast we were discussing it the other day, and yeah, it doesn't. It's not looking too good. Uh, I mean, the only highlight for Messi this year was winning the World Cup, in my opinion. Um, a lot of people were saying like, well, if they were gonna do the Ballon d'Or, basically the MVP of soccer, uh, he would just win it by default, just due to the fact because of the World Cup. But as a player for his club, it, it, it's not looking too good for him right now. So I think the Inter Miami rumors are are still riding high right now. But what do you think? Do you think he'll jump ship and kind of follow in the steps of Pele and come to the U.S. and play? Well, I think the loss, like you mentioned, in Championship League definitely, you know, gives it more of an argument because, you know, they lost, like, the big, you know, UEFA competition kind of early on for them, Um, you know, um, you know, they were kind of picked to go more farther in the competition, and you know, obviously David Beckham owning the um part of the the Miami team. I think that's obviously the only team we could kind of go to, and that's really why the rumors exist. I could see it happening just because there's been more crazy things, you know, in sports that have happened. And it's kind of on par for MLS history too. So I and it would definitely draw interest, I think, for both parties even. So I would rock a messy Miami jersey. So I mean, yeah, the Don Garber MLS commissioner already said if, if they got to pull some strings to do it, then mm. do whatever. Apparently, SKC almost got Ronaldo, so who yeah, says Inter-Miami can't do it? I mean, they have a, MLS have a lot of rich owners, so they, they, they could they, they have the money. So. All right, moving on to some of the MLS games that took place last week, and we'll briefly talk about two weeks ago, too. First off, Columbus Crew two weeks ago beat DC 2 0. Lucas Alaron scored both of the goals in the first half, and then the second half was scoreless. So they won their home opener 2 0. And then last week, they went up to Canada to play Toronto. It was a 0 0 draw. Columbus had chances pretty early in the match they couldn't put away. Toronto would end up scoring first in the 24th minute. DeAndre Kerr. Uh, dribbled right through um, pretty good defense by Miles Degnick, but um, Degnick could not stop him from, you know, scoring a pretty good goal to go up one to nil. Then the 75th minute, about two minutes before um, Columbus crew subbed Jimmy Miranda into the game, which this was his Columbus crew debut. And then, you know, that was about on the 72nd minute. And then, you know, two minutes later, 75th minute, he was able to sneak past the defenders and chip one over the keeper. It was one-on-one. He chipped it right over and it went in. Originally called offsides. They looked at the VAR and they found he was just onside. So that goal was allowed. Then crew had a couple good chances uh, after that 75th minute goal, Cucho hit the post on one that just barely missed, and no one else was able to score. It was a 1 1 draw. Moving on to the Cincinnati game, Cincinnati was able to beat Seattle 1 0, uh, getting a, a Brenner's goal in the 63rd minute. They did pick up a red card. 
in that game at the 83rd minute for a um, stopping a goal-scoring opportunity. Seattle had a couple good chances, especially after the red card. They did put one in the net, but it was uh, determined that the Seattle player pulled one of the Cincinnati defenders down, so that was ruled off, and Cincinnati took a 1-0 victory. LAFC stomping New England Revolution 4-0. I was wondering what you thought of LAFC's um, blowout win. Well, we kind of have to go back to their recent win in Champions League in CONCACAF. Uh, Buwanga with the hat trick after a 0-0 halftime score. And yeah, they just kind of brought that same energy. Um, As we said, it was 4-0. Let me me pull up the the score lines from there. Hey, LAFC is looking like really, really good. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it back to the MLS Cup final. Uh, yeah, we had a Bawanga again with two goals. He had a penalty in the 14th, uh, scoring in the 67th. Uh, Timothy Tillman in the 83rd, and in stoppage time, uh, how you say this? Stipe Puk scored in the 90 plus six. But uh, yeah, LAFC kind of running away with it right now in the West, kinda. Um, but yeah, they're looking really, really sharp right now, uh, defeating Bruce Arena side from New England. Uh, what do you think about LAFC right now? Yep, they're like you said, they're one of the top sides um, in the West. Um, two wins in a row. They, um, they did in their opener beating Portland 3-1. This one 4-0. I mean, Revolution had a decent start, but I think they're kind of falling off. Like last year, they were okay side, but um. Nothing spectacular, but you know, uh, profess- impressive for AFC to score four and keep the clean sheet. Um, especially because New England had a couple of chances to score, um, a cheap one in garbage time, but that didn't happen. So we'll move on again to your LA Galaxy, like we talked about a little bit about at the top of the episode. 1-1 draw against Sporting as 0-0, 0-0 draw uh, against Sporting. Um, do you have any additional thoughts on that one? Um, I will say uh, the Galaxy are an incomplete team. I'm pretty sure if you told uh, head coach, GM, Greg Vanny that he'll agree with you. Uh, they're still waiting on Lucas Calig- Caligari, Caligri, I think that's how you say it. And then um, the, rumor re- the rumor mill is spinning that they signed a Julian Aude uh, from South America. I think he plays for Argentinian team. I'm not 100% sure. Not too much uh, known about this guy. But uh, hopefully, once they get them in, uh, they hope starting to formulate chemistry with this team. Because, yeah, they're without Chicharito uh, giving away Julian Araujo, you're kind of seeing the what they're, what they're missing in the attack and even in the defense. So hopefully, once they start getting pieces together, their, their team will start to mold. Uh, also, from this game itself, uh, Dejan Jovalich needs to get more involved. Uh, I don't think he really had any touches inside the box, but once Preston Judd came in, uh, Preston Judd started getting touches in the box. It's like, okay, uh, what it, what do you guys got to do to get Jovalich, you know, going on the stat sheet? All right, now let's jump into talking about MLS's hottest new team, St. Louis SC. Obviously, they are three and zero undefeated, winning three two against Austin, then beating Charlotte three to one. Uh, they did have some lucky goals and giveaways in that first two games that helped them to win. They did battle an all-around um, performance against Portland, winning two to 
one, kind of showing that they might be fairly legit. They play San Jose next week, uh, this coming week. But um, your thoughts on St. Louis's start so far? Well, at first, if you would ask me the past two games, I would say they were, they were a fluke, which I still think they were a fluke because they got two lucky goals, in my opinion. I mean, come on, passing it to the opposite team. Come on. But, um, yeah, I was hoping to see how they would uh fare against real competition, which, yeah, they uh went up against Portland and they got the dub. Uh, We had uh, Jared Strood with the goal in the 45th minute, and then we had Kyle Herbert in the 75th minute getting them that 2-1 win. Uh, for Portland, uh, Zach McGraw uh, started the scoring for the game in Portland uh, in the third minute, gaining them the lead. But, you know, obviously that didn't last that long until the end. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm really surprised because usually, yeah, expansion teams do have recently been doing good in the MLS, especially if they get good, not just good players, but notable names, you know, skilled players that have just been, like, how we say, like, not noticed in the market as much as you would have thought they should have been. So, yeah, I mean, they're on a tear right now. I guess they, they proved me wrong. Let's see how they fare against San Jose, who a little bit on the lower tier of the soccer scale in the MLS. But um, San Jose will give you a good fight at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, St. Louis, just they've just been on the road. They're top of the West, and I think they're also top of the supporters' shield standing as well with their three wins. I think they're one of the last undefeated teams now in the MLS. Uh, what have you been thinking about uh, St. Louis's, uh recent run down there? Well, I was really confident that Austin would beat them in the first game, and then they didn't. Um, I wasn't that surprised they beat Charlotte, but Charlotte's not that good right now. Um, but Charlotte was decent last year. And then it was a really good game, like I said, um, beating a, a good Portland side, but Portland has been struggling you know, the past two weeks, so they've had a little slow start. But, you know, like you said, the, the first two games were kind of had some lucky moments. I think the Portland game was a leg, more of a legit performance. And we'll see how they do next week against San Jose, who actually has a good, has been a decent start for them as well. Uh, my, my strategy for picks, though, is just I'm just going to pick St. Louis City until they lose. So. All right, I see. I'm gonna see. We're gonna have to see what happens with the St. Louis side because it's really interesting. They don't. I wouldn't say they have a really big name on their squad. I wouldn't say they have any notable players at the moment that I know of. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they play the rest of the season now, unless they pick somebody up in the summer. Rounding out last week's matches, Atlanta would win three nil against Charlotte. Whitecaps and Dallas drew one one. DC and Orlando one one. New York City FC. 1-1-0 one, one, on Inter-Miami's own goal. Philly Union scored in the 90th minute to beat Chicago 1-0. Chicago would get two red cards in that game. Um, Minnesota United and New York tied 1-1 in the snow game. Nashville beat Montreal, who's been struggling, 2-0. Austin beat Real Salt Lake, 2-1. We said St. Louis City 2-1 against Portland. Earthquakes would beat Rapids 1-0. That would round out the the rest of the scores the weekend. Coming up this week, we have Seattle Sounders versus LAFC. I have LAFC winning that one. Atlanta against Portland. I have Atlanta. Philly, Montreal. I picked Philly. Nashville 
New England Revolution, I have Nashville. NYFC against DC, I picked NYFC. New York Red Bulls against Crew, I picked Crew. Um, we can talk a little more about that game coming up. Um, Charlotte FC versus Orlando SC, I picked Orlando. Toronto Inter Miami, I picked Miami. Cincy against Chicago, I have Cincy. Dallas, I have Dallas beating Sporting KC. Austin beating Houston. St. Louis City beating San Jose. That should be a pretty good one. I have Minnesota beating the Rapids. And then I have your Galaxy beating Vancouver. Let's talk a little bit more about the crew versus New York Red Bulls. Um, The crew have a couple, you know, a challenging end to March, but then they look like they have an easy April. So I hope they can beat Red Bulls and then draw against Miami to get points in both. I think that that leave them with like eight points. That's a pretty good spot for them. Uh, Red Bulls have been struggling uh, a little bit. They've had two draws for two points. Um, But they did have a lot of shots that just didn't go in last week against Minnesota. And it is on the road for crew. So I could see it going both ways, but I hope, um, I think it's crew's best chance for a win, uh, another win this month. So I go with the crew. What do you think about your galaxy facing Vancouver? Oh, well, I'm hoping for the best. My fingers are crossed. Uh, just due to the fact that, like I said, we don't have our, our main striker. Uh, Jovalich is somewhat cold. He had the one goal against uh, FC Dallas. But in the SKC, he was a no-show. He was non-existent. Um, I think Greg Vanny was hoping that he would have Caligari in for this game, at least. I haven't heard anything as of this recording yet. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that they somewhat fix up the defense. Uh, Jalen Neal, who's fre- fresh fresh onto the first team, is looking pretty good. Uh, I don't think right now they have um, Saya Kulabali. I think he had to go uh, for... Uh, what do you say? Family reasons. He had to leave the team for family reasons at the moment, which I, I hope he'll be back soon. Um, but yeah, I think also I would also I would also like to point out in the SKC game, the midfield did struggle. Like you said earlier, they had lots of turnovers. Puj was turning the ball over everywhere. Brugan was turning the ball over everywhere. Uh, Efren Alvarez um dribbling into traffic and getting nowhere as well. So hopefully they kind of fixed up those kinks and. You know, tried to get get some chemistry going. I did see a lot of running into each other. It's like, no, you go that way and I go this way. And then I pass you the ball, not you come with me. And then I give you the ball and we go back and forth. That's not how this works. So hopefully they kind of get their act a little bit better. Uh, Vancouver, like as you said, they're playing Real España right now. They're winning, I think it's 6-1 to one now in aggregate. So hopefully they show out for, uh, you know, their Galaxy hopeful out there in L.A. All right, let's take a quick look at the table. Atlanta United is first in the East. They're tied with Nashville and Cincy, seven points each. All with six points, Inter-Miami, Philly, and Revs. Um, Orlando City has five. DC United has four. They're in eighth. They're tied with Cruz in ninth. NYFC is in 10th, Toronto 11 and 12th with Red Bull. They both have two. Chicago Fire is one. And Montreal and Charlotte both have zero. St. Louis City with nine points is, like we said, first in the West. 
LAFC is six. So does Seattle and Austin and San Jose Earthquakes. Dallas is in sixth place. Uh, Minnesota also, they have the same points. Minnesota's in seventh. Four points each. Both have three points. Timbers, Real Salt Lake, they're eighth and ninth. Sporting has two points. They're in tenth. Whitecaps, 11th with one point. They're tied with your Galaxy and Rapids, each with one. And then Houston Dynamo have zero points. They're last in the West. Moving on to some... U.S. Men's National League teams. They're starting in the CONCACAF Nations League coming up Friday, March 24th. Uh, and then they also play El Salvador March 27th. Um, they just released their rosters today. The U.S. Men's National Team is going to play Granada. It's a Caribbean team, I believe, yeah. out there in the in the coast, I think, at and I think, uh, according to their Instagram, they're playing them at St. George's Granada. Uh, you can find that game March 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can watch it on TNT, Universal, and Peacock. But I think you said the other game they're playing uh, El Salvador, El Salvador yep, on March 27th. Yeah, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at Exploria Stadium, TNT, Peacock, and Universal for our Spanish listeners. I think the but biggest I, yeah, I think... news with their roster is that Tyler Adams is going to miss those games with a hamstring injury, but to replace him, they brought in Giovanni Reyna onto the squad. So look for the U.S. to try to win a couple of those games. And you went to one of their friendlies um, early in the year. so. Oh, yeah, I went to uh, which got their, their matchup against Columbia at Dignity Health Sports Park in uh, Los Angeles County, the Carson City, city of Carson. And, uh, I mean, it, it was uh, a C team. Uh, you got you had a lot of young guys out there. You had Jalen Neal out there. You had a bunch of people. I'm like, all right, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> like people, like younger guys from like the U17, 18, 19, you know, the 20s. So, they were all lucky to get their first cap. You'd have some notable names out there. You had Paul Ariola, you had Matthew Hoppy, you had Jesus Ferreira, um, kind of leading, I guess, the veteran squad, the little veteran group that they had there. But uh, yeah, I mean, on this one, you have a bunch of older faces you've seen for the goalkeepers. You got Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, Matt Turner. So basically, our top three goalies are coming into camp. For the defenders, we got Serginho Des, Mark McKenzie, Tim Ream. Uh, Brian Reynolds, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, Joe Scally, Austin Trusty, who I would not have expected to be called up into this list. Uh, in the midfield, we got Brandon Aronson, uh, Johnny Cardoso, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKenney, Eunice Musa, and Alan Sonora. Uh, and then uh, some another new face on here, we got Tyler Booth. Uh, we got Daryl DK, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic is coming in. The aforementioned Giovanni Reyna. Tim Weah and Alex Zendejas, who I believe also made his uh, men's debut this past January, February. So, yeah, um, it's going to be a couple of good games, I think. Uh, I mean, the Granada game, I don't think they're going to be any type of competition. The El Salvador game might be a little bit testy. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes whenever the U.S. plays like those Central American teams, they're a little bit rough, especially on the road. Luckily, it's at home. So let's see how they play here. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a good uh first first go at a first real go at Concacaf Nations League. But uh, what do you think about these games? Well, I hope they win them, considering 
a lot of those guys are, you know, considering the the A squad, especially with Pulisic in playing obviously for Chelsea in the Premier League, and Matt Turner also playing in the Premier League for Arsenal. So I would expect them to get some results, uh, and, and they they should get some results. Um, you know, it's not like their their C team where it was like, well. Let's just see, just see how they play. You know, they they should be looking to get some results in, in this competition. So, no, yeah, because this is a real a real game now. These are real games for sure. And uh, also, uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but uh, the U.S. men's national team also did announce they're going to be playing a, I guess a small game, I don't know, special game tourney, in the next coming years. Uh, they're calling it the Continental Classico, in which this rendition is sponsored by Allstate. So it's the All-State Continental Classico 2023. Uh, the U.S. will be playing uh, on April 19th in Glendale, Arizona, 10 p.m. Eastern on TBS, Telemundo, Universal, HBO Max, and Peacock. And their opponent for that day will be their longtime rival, Mexico. So, yeah, if you guys want to see more U.S. men's soccer, so in April, that's when they're going to be playing. Uh, according to the U.S. men's national team Instagram, uh, they in quote, they said, we welcome El Tri to kick off a new annual event bringing top-tier opponents from North, Central, and South America to the United States. So it's going to be an interesting thing because this is not during the international window. So kind of like how we said with the Columbia game and the Afro, Afro the other game they played, which was against Serbia, those were C, I don't even say B teams. Yeah, we're probably going to be see very similar teams here. It's not during the international window. I highly doubt the European teams are going to allow their top tier u.s players to leave so even for the mexican squad you're going to see a lot of domestic players from the domestic leagues playing this game so yeah <laughs> that'd be cool for some development for for some of the young young u.s guys that didn't get to make their debut um you know in the sea games recently so wrapping it up with the start of the usl season united states league championship season Started last weekend. My favorite team is Detroit City FC. They lost against San Diego 1-0. San Diego scored the only goal in the 42nd minute. They go again on the in Texas, um, you know, in the western side of the U.S. Um, against El Paso. Both teams are in 10th place in their respective conferences, so I hope Detroit City can at least get some points going into their home opener against Indy 11. I'm trying to go to their second game at home against Rio Grande Valley on April 1st. That wraps up my Detroit City update. We'll round out the episode with what is happening in Rambling on Rambling Runoff. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to catch some Rambling Runoff, uh, you can follow us on Twitter um, at Rambling Runoff, Instagram at Rambling Runoff. Sometimes we post on TikTok, so check us out there. But on our recent episode, uh, which you can find on YouTube, Spotify, Spotify for podcasters now, um, uh, we'll be talking so, some soccer again, some MLS, CONCACAF Champions League, UEFA Champions League, uh, a little bit more of the messy situation. Um, and then we're also going into uh, some March Madness basketball bracket. I hope you Got your um your bracket done, Alex. Uh, it's looking to be a good tournament this year, this March. Uh, we also do um we also talked about some potential bout fixtures that are going to happen. Uh, Fury and Alexander Usyk might be happening in April, which is coming up very very soon. 
And then, yeah, if you listen all the way to the end, we talk about a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you listen to at. We'll go ahead and find it. I honestly have only filled out one bracket so far, and it wasn't even a real bracket. It was in a pool where the goal is to get the lowest amount of points possible. So I really have to fill out my real bracket tonight. And wrapping it up, we hope you enjoyed this episode of MLS Locker Soccer Podcast with our guest Robert from Rambling Runoff. We hope you enjoy all the MLS games this weekend. <laughs>